You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back into Locked On Balls, your Thursday morning show. It is here right now at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. If you're watching on YouTube, you know I got another guest with me here today. Got Logan Ward, formerly your former place of employment. It's 991 the Sports Animal. Now you're out there in the real world. You can follow him on Twitter at LoganWard98. Going to talk a lot of SEC stuff and, of course, a little bit of Tennessee here on today's show. Logan, uh, do you remember how to do this type of stuff? Dude, I tell you what, I... I got home from work because I work a big boy job now. We work an 830 to 5 job. It's kind of crap, Must but suck, yeah. we have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, big boy jobs aren't fun at all. Like, I got to dress up every day to go to work. I don't know what this crap is about, but I got home and I'm like, I don't know where this this microphone thing is. I had to dust that thing off. It was in a closet <laughs> just stuffed away because not going to ever use it again. Um, but hey, hey, happy to be back. You know, you're talking about going into work every day. I mean, I haven't at the time of this recording. I don't think I've left the house in three days. I've been doing so much work from the from the house, and so right, uh, just a different five world, feet away world. from where you sleep. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's talk a lot of SEC stuff uh, here in segment one. Let's let's look at quarterbacks around the league. Where does Nico kind of stack up against some of the quarterbacks, returning quarterbacks, new quarterbacks, coaches on the hot seat around the Southeastern Conference? Of course, you know Nick Saban's no longer at Alabama. That's that's crazy news that hit last week and. A couple of questions from um, an article that I want to bring on the show in segment number three. Um, let's just kind of look through here. And a lot of this might not be final just yet, but we got a good idea of who some of the quarterbacks are around the league. Let's talk in, let's look at formerly the SEC East, which is no more, okay? Tennessee, you got Nico. Real quick, what were your thoughts on Nico's performance in the Citrus Bowl? You know, I thought he had some freshman moments, but, you know, that's to be expected. He was playing a, you know, top 10 defense in Iowa. I still think that, you know, a top 10 defense from a Big Ten team being Iowa, I think that's a little bit different from a what would be a top 10 SEC defense if he was to play them. So I think just athletically wise, it's kind of a different game. But he had some freshman moments. He, you know, probably held onto the ball a bit too much. He was sacked, what, five, six times in that game, Kaner? But, you know, Iowa has a really good defense. I thought he looked, you know, okay. He had the three rushing touchdowns. He played good. Probably not the best game he's ever going to play, but that's kind of the stock is up with Nico right now. But he played good. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if that's if that's one of his worst games, like, heck, I mean. No, exactly. You, you, yeah. You sure. take 151 through the year and four total touchdowns every day. Yeah, um, again, it's it's not everything. He'll, he'll have better games, in my opinion, especially through the year, like you said. But like you said there, I think stock is up for Nico. So Nico at Tennessee. Vanderbilt, dude, I – I don't even know. Do they have a quarterback? At, do you, off the top of your head, do you know who the quarterback yeah. is at Vanderbilt? Because all three that played this year left. Didn't? Yeah, Seals left. Yeah. I almost wanted to throw a little, you know, throwback here on a Thursday. Uh, is, is Mike Wright still down there? But I forgot he's, he was, was at, at Mississippi State, right? Yeah. He started a couple of games at Mississippi State this past year. I don't know if he's still there. Yeah. I, yeah but, I mean, Vanderbilt, I get, you know, Tennessee has to play him. But who cares? <laughs> South Carolina, no Spencer Rattler. Now it is time for the Lenoris Sellers era. I can tell you this, talking with some people in South Carolina. First of all, do you know who this guy is? Because I didn't really, but they're excited about this guy. 
No, so, and, and you know, I th- I thought that South Carolina would probably be in the transfer uh, uh, quarterback market, seemingly as everyone was, but seems like they're going to roll uh, with Sellers. Don't think he's going to be good to Spencer Rattler, but hey, he's a freshman. Maybe he has some upside to him. I thought Ken Seals, who I believe transferred to Northwestern, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think didn't, that's right. I think Ken Seals went to Northwestern. And AJ, didn't LSU get a Vanderbilt transfer quarterback? Maybe. What was that guy's name? AJ Swan. Yeah. See, I would have known this. I know this South Carolina with my former employer. I would have known the answer to these questions, but I'd no longer work in the business. So I just kind of rely on uh, your info that you give me. AJ Swan, LSU. Okay. He's an LSU. I know South Carolina. I know South Carolina had some interest in AJ Swan. I thought that'd be a pretty good landing spot, but he goes LSU to be a backup quarterback. So Lenora Sellers and a lot of people are excited about him, but very, very unproven. Brady Cook had a pretty pretty good year. And um, with Missouri, bringing back Luther Burden, bringing back a, a lot of key pieces. Do lose Cody Schrader, but Brady Cook's going to enter 2024 as one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. I mean, I would say he's probably definitely a top three quarterback in the SEC. There's also probably a whole bunch of value on him just because he he's kind of the dual threat guy who can give you a lot of good running ability, which kind of mm-hmm. you know shocked me coming into the last year. I'm like, this guy can run a little bit. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on him as a potential Heisman candidate. I don't know what else is going to go around the SEC with their schedule, but Brady Cook was super, super serviceable all year. Yeah, like he was uh, he's way more than serviceable. He was serviceable two years ago. He was good this past year. I remember... Um, was it the Tennessee game he came in? Was that 2020? Was that him? He, he came in and he kind of looked pretty good, and then he had a terrible last year and then was good... I don't, I don't know what year it was, but I know in 2022, Tennessee beat him by like 30, but the dude ran all over the place. Like he was, he was pretty solid. Um, Graham Mertz at Florida, you know, me, we're friends. I mean, I trash Graham Mertz, right? Literally every month of the off season, every time I talked about Florida. So did everyone uh, else had his best year, man, had his best year. He looked competent and uh, Florida, it's going to be a massive year for Florida for many reasons that we'll talk about as the show goes on, but Getting Graham Mertz to come back was a huge win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now you lose some offensive linemen, uh, guys going elsewhere. You lose the better running back on that roster in uh, Trevor Etienne, who goes up to, uh, north to Athens. Still got some playmakers around him. But yeah, I mean, I didn't, I understood the hate of Grand Mertz. Well, not the hate, but the lack of respect that Graham Mertz got coming out of Wisconsin. But I mean, I don't know a whole bunch of quarterbacks, Eric Kane. Maybe. Tebow, maybe Cam Newton, maybe Joe Burrow, some of the greats in the game could live throwing the ball deep on third and 12. That's just what Wisconsin had him doing all year. But at Florida last year, play caller was, you know, kind of hit or miss sometimes with Billy Napier, but I guess he's got some better talent around him and it clicked last year for him. Yeah, he's looked better than he ever has. So, you know, good for Graham Mertz. Obviously, Tennessee plays Florida next year, so... Um, got to account for him, but so far, and then Carson Beck at Georgia, we're not going to get into him. He's, he's pretty good. He's going to be one of the Heisman favorites. So, um, Brady cooks, good quarterback Brock Vandergriff. You know, there's just so much unknown there, but potentials there, but we've never really seen a whole lot sure. of it. Nico. I mean, the, the, the old East, if you will, trying to break in a lot of new talent. Now let's go to the old West Jalen mill road, Alabama. We know what he can do. Jackson Dart. And we know Miss. what he can't do really. <laughs> yeah, Jackson darted Ole Miss, really good player. Um, Garrett Nussmeyer at LSU. Okay, we've seen enough of him to know kind of who he is, and I think he's going to be fine. Um, Connor Wagman, a healthy Connor Wagman, is going to be really good at AM. 
Peyton Thorne sucks at Auburn. KJ Jefferson leaves Arkansas after a decade to go to UCF, <laughs> right? I believe it's UCF. Yes. Who is Arkansas's quarterback now? So they, they brought in Taylon Green from Boise State. Oh, I don't know who that is. And then they got like three other guys. I mean, I, I I reached out to an Arkansas contact the other day, and I said, hey, save me a couple of minutes from looking this up. Who's going to be the quarterback? What was the transfer? And he was like, Taylor Green from Boise State. And then he was like, but, you know, we like this guy too, and you got this guy as well, and this guy backed up this. So I think it's a whole lot of who knows. Right. But they did bring in Taylor Green. So Arkansas obviously going to be not as good with K.J. Jefferson. And Mississippi State, Blake, uh, replacing Will Rogers, who's another one that's been in college for 12 years. Blake Shapin, the, the Baylor quarterback, however you say his name, he's a pretty good player. I think he's going to be good at Mississippi State. Yeah, he was solid. You know, what was it, 20, back in 22, whenever Baylor made the Big 12 championship game? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. lost to Oklahoma State there like, like an inch. They stuffed him on the goal line, and Baylor ends up winning the conference. You know, it was solid. Um, I do think, though, with Levy coming in, that kind of – stock a little bit up with Mississippi State we'll see I don't know if you know obviously he's no you know Dylan Gabriel that Jeff Levy coached he's no Jackson Dart I mean he's a very serviceable quarterback don't think we'd see that much from Mississippi State the, um, uh, next year though so I mean again college football tons of turnover especially now with the transfer portal it could really be year by year but when you evaluate the quarterback position here as we say goodbye on this first segment talking quarterbacks um, Nico for Tennessee might have the biggest upside of anybody, right? I mean, he, he probably has the highest ceiling. Probably. Um, he could be the best, who knows? But there are obviously others on these lists that that are proven. So where would you kind of put Nico when you're talking quarterback? You don't have to rank them all, but kind of where would no. Nico be maybe of your quarterback rankings entering the 24 season from the SEC? Oh, and by I the would, way, this doesn't even have you, Oklahoma or Texas on. I forgot. To yeah, you didn't even put you know Quinn Ewers, who very well could be the best quarterback of the conference coming in and the Heisman favorite, potentially. I'm not going to lie um, to you. This is you an get old used to it, show. This is an old show note. So whenever I went back and saw this, I was just looking for the quarterback names. And um, yeah, Texas and, and Oklahoma aren't even on here. But Quinn Ewers and, um, and, and Jackson Arnold, you know, former five-star player. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. I was like, it's not Dylan Gabriel anymore. He's back at no. Oregon. Uh, I don't know who it is, but yeah, Jackson Arnold. So with Nico, I don't think I would put him ahead of, you know, the proven guys just, you know, off the top of my head. Not going to put him ahead of Dart, Beck. Not going to put him ahead of um, uh, Nussmeyer. I don't think. I think I've seen more of Nussmeyer. Not going to put him ahead of Milro or Mertz or, you know, Ewers, obviously. I think, I think that Nico's probably in that... 10 range where with the little asterisk there if he's able to hit his ceiling he could be a top three quarterback next year in the sec but just based off what we've seen through one game we didn't see a whole lot of him outside the iowa game this year just because for whatever reason they didn't you know really play him in garbage time that much we just haven't seen the potential yet we haven't seen that come to fruition i should say but the potential is for him to be the best quarterback in the sec yeah, I think I think regardless he'll finish as the top five quarterback in the SEC. Regardless, oh, do you really? Um, yeah, I, I do. And, and again, it's we haven't seen him play yet. It's all about potential and if fans and all that. We've only seen him play one game. Um, I just think with with what he does well, which is extending plays, throwing out of the pocket, he's just going to create so much more for this offense than 
what it possessed in 23. Now, will it look sure. like 2022? I don't know yet. We'll see. That's a lot of pressure, right? I mean, it's that probably was... unfair to say that it's going to look like that. He's not exactly. throwing the ball to Jalen Hyde, and he didn't have Darnell Wright blocking for him. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I think, obviously, the potential, as you mentioned, to be the best in the conference, I think he'll finish top five. But there are some returners who have done a lot in this league and some some young guys like Nico uh, who can step up and, and do a whole lot as well. Hey, when we come back, uh, we will take a look at some coaches around the league that are on the hot seat that and a whole lot more is coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets to your next event, whether that's a sporting event, whether that's uh, comedy, whether that's a uh, concert, whether that's monster trucks over at the Food City Center, Thompson Bowling Arena, uh, Bijou Theater down here, the Tennessee Theater, whatever type of event is playing in your area, you can buy tickets on the Game Time app. It takes the guesswork out of buying those tickets. Killer last-minute deals, all in low prices, views from your seat so you know exactly what you're getting. Uh, you can check out Game Time. It's there to help you. It's got the lowest price guarantee where if you find tickets in the same section from where you bought your tickets to the Game Time app, cheaper, they are going to credit you 110% of that ticket value. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection um, there. It's for the procrastinators like me, maybe you to where they're still selling event. They're still selling event tickets on the game time app, even an hour after the event starts. So um, it's one of those places where if you're looking for a late night thing to do in, in, in your hometown there, um, you can go to the game time app and see what's going on. Download the game time app. I encourage you to do that. Create an account. Use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create that download, download and create that account on the Game Time app. Spell out uh, "locked on." That's L O C K O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. More to come here on Locked On Vols. We take a look at head coaches around the Southeastern Conference. All right, welcome back into Locked On Vols. It's your Thursday show. Logan Ward was taking a little nap there during the break, but Not uh, he's here with me today. Um, we talked quarterbacks in segment number one want to talk coaches on the hot seat entering the 2024 season and there's a couple that come to mind but i think probably the most obvious there's two up there that are really obvious but we'll start with sam Pittman. um i like sam Pittman. i think he's a, a really really good coach but with with the move that they made at offensive coordinator it's kind of like you see writing on the wall already uh sam Pittman is he gonna last after 2024 I don't think so. I'm kind of surprised that they wanted to bring him back after what an abysmal 2023 wasn't. I get, you know, you had a couple of, you know, nice wins there. What I, I believe up until the Florida game, whenever they have, were winning, they won two games up until uh, the time that they played the Gators. They lost like basically every single one of their games by less than seven points. So yeah. the formula is there. I believe that Sam Pittman is a fantastic coach and a fantastic leader of men, kind of like the Ed Orgeron type of stuff. He never really screamed very successful or going to be very successful head coach. I don't think he lasts after this season, especially with Oklahoma and Texas coming in and, you know, having to, you know, get the whole, you know, Southwest conference thing back together. I just wouldn't put my money on Sam Pittman being there all of next year. Yeah. He's on the cheap right now, man. I think he's, I think his contract's like, uh, well, he, he got a raise, obviously. I think he's got a couple raises since he's been there, but He's one of the cheaper options as an SEC head coach right now. We'll see what happens. I forecast that he will not make it uh, probably through the season. He'll probably get fired towards the end. That's that's my prediction. But I do like Sam Pittman, and um, he's a heck of an offensive line coach. The other big-time coach on the hot seat, man, it's Billy Napier. Um, you know, very, very successful in group of five. 
Really, really good offensive line. Has a lot of uh, experience in this league. But uh, down year in 2022, down year in 2023, he lost the recruiting class in 2023. A couple on signing day as well. Um, that last five game stretch for Florida Logan is brutal. And that doesn't even include teams like Tennessee on that, on that schedule. I am not predicting Billy Napier to make it. I just think it's, it's way too tough, too steep of a hill to climb. What are your thoughts on Florida's coach? I mean, 11 and 14, you know, two years in with the talent that Dan Mullen didn't leave the program, probably in the best shape of any, you know, person has left Florida in. Um, he didn't inherit a great situation on, you know, either line of scrimmage, still trying to get that figured out. But 11 and 14, no matter what the circumstances you inherited in Gainesville, that's not going to cut it. I mean, their fan base is just ready to, you know, ship him all the way back to Lafayette, Louisiana. The recruiting has been the one thing that that head coach, Billy Napier, and that coaching staff has hung their hat on. You finish outside of the top 10 or, you know, fringe top 10 back in 2022. And, you know, I get the Jaden Rashada stuff. That was everyone was learning in IL and, you know, transfer stuff at that point. So kind of got a little bit unlucky there. But looking at this past year, you had a top three class, you know, a, a couple of weeks Two weeks before the early signing day, and you can't hold on to any, you know, big time target. You finish outside the top twelve. Dude's got to win. He's got to make some hay earlier um next year too. Yeah, I just man, I just I can't get past that 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 I don't have it in front of me, but they've got they're like at Texas. Of course, you've got Florida State. I'm pretty sure Alabama is in that. there too. Georgia. The yeah, I mean it's. It's brutal, man. And so if you go into that stretch already with a loss or two, I mean, like that's, it's just brutal. I don't know. I mean, he's a good coach. He'll, he'll go be a head coach somewhere else out of this league or he'll come back and be a coordinator or whatever. I mean, and, and who knows, but, um, I, I, th I see it being really, really tough for him, especially with what you lost in the transfer portal, uh, to survive this year. Now, Clark Lee's interesting. He has been just abysmal record wise, obviously Vanderbilt is probably the toughest place to, to coach in America. Yes. Um, it's tough. They did get a very big backing from the collective um, here last couple of weeks that have said, Hey, we're going to be all in on, on NIL. And we're going to, we're going to give you the resources to go out there and compete. We'll see what happens, but it seems like he's finally getting some, some money to help him. They are pouring in some money to the stadium and all that. So you don't need a guy that's going to go win SEC championship. That's not going to happen to Vanderbilt, but you can't go two and 10. He can't go over an SEC play. Does Clark Lee pick up a couple wins in SEC play and does he survive to the 25 season? I mean, probably not. And every time I, you know, hear Clark Lee brought up, I think of two things. All right. One, you, you know what I'm going to say whenever it happened at, at SEC Media Days. He said that he was building Vanderbilt, too. They are on their way to becoming the premier program across the country. False. Yeah. Also, it, it, that's sad in and of itself. And I get he has to say that, but I mean, you know, come on. Um, more sad than that, if he would have waited it out one more year at Notre Dame, the dude's probably the head yeah. coach of Notre Dame right now. now it, it'd be not Marcus Freeman, too. who's a good head coach. Probably Clark Lee. Yeah. And, and it'd be completely different too, because if you take over that program with that talent and those resources, yeah. you win more games because oh, again, you you're, you're competing just an uphill battle every time you're, you're, you take the job at Vanderbilt. So you're right, man. If you held on one more year, it's probably your job. And Vanderbilt's just saying two's not us, three's not us. Can you get us four or five? 
I mean, can we just, and with those other, you know, eight losses or nine losses or, you know, seven losses, would you just be a little bit respectable and not get blown out every single game? You just got to hold that fan base off until baseball season. Clark Lee beat on back-to-back weeks. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kentucky and Florida in 2022. Yeah, and yeah, he did. He did. And the, and Tennessee was coming off that embarrassing loss in Columbia, South Carolina, and there was some talk, man. There was like, boy, if Josh Hopper loses this game after what the start <laughs> that he had, I mean, Tennessee yeah. won that game like 56 and nothing. But um, I was really surprised to see how bad they regressed. Sure, Mike Wright was a big part of that team in 2022. But AJ Swan is not a bad quarterback. Where Mike Wright was better than him is he could he could run and avoid pressure because that yeah. offensive line was trash. So um, we'll see what Vanderbilt does. One on here that might be a surprise. Go ahead. You also lost. Uh, help me, running back Kentucky. What's yeah, his name? yeah, yeah. You lost. Um, you you told me to help. See, you. I would have known this question. You know, six months ago when I was still at you know the other place. Well, he he's the guy that uh, let was like t- second in the SEC in touchdowns this year. We all know who we're talking about. It's just. You also know in this industry you have brain farts all the time. I'm having a brain fart on the Kentucky running back, formerly of Vanderbilt, formerly of, I want to say, Temple. I think he started his career at Temple. Ray Davis. There we go. Yes. Ray Davis. There we go. I knew I I could work myself out. Last one. Is Shane Beamer really on the hot seat? Shane Beamer. If if he has a six-win season next year, is he fired? I I seriously doubt it because I mean, certain programs across this country, you're kind of, you, you, your ceiling is a lot lower like Mississippi state. What Dan Mullen did at at Mississippi state winning, you know, nine, 10 games was insane. What Steve Spurrier did at South Carolina, you know, more than a decade ago, winning 10 games in three straight seasons and going to Atlanta was insane. To say that South Carolina is just, you know, a program who is year after year expecting eight, nine wins seems a little bit unreasonable to me. If he wins five games next year, yeah, he's probably gone. But if he wins six, I think that's, I think that probably keeps him safe. I think he's a good head coach. Now, with that being said, the dude's an idiot. He's nuts. I mean, I mean, his press conferences are almost as bad as Davo Sweeney, and that's saying something. But Davo Sweeney has built up some equity there, winning some national titles. Yeah, Dabo is not annoying. that. Yeah, D- Dabo's annoying. Dabo is so cringe. Dabo was on the turf, kissing the turf, whatever the heck bowl they were playing against Kentucky. Whenever they kicked, they they scored that touchdown with like a couple minutes left. And oh yeah, hey, that don't hate the, on Jacksonville, Florida. You know, don't hate yeah, on yeah. That wasn't even the third th- third to last touchdown of that wild game, but um. Yeah, he can do all that cringy stuff because he's won national titles. Shane Beamer, you know who he is, man. He's Butch. He's Butch 100%. Now, I think Butch did a lot of good things in terms of being at Tennessee. He did a lot of good things. He did a lot of bad things, too. Beamer's a good coach, but he's Butch. The way that he handles questions from the media, the way he calls his own press conferences to call out reporters, it's just all cringe. Anyway, South Carolina, I think South Carolina can win seven, eight games every year. Every year. Yeah, but, I think but not nine or ten. Not every year, no. Could could they could they cycle up and get 10, 10 games one year? Maybe, yeah. Um, but I think there's no excuse for South Carolina not to get seven, eight wins every year. That's just my opinion. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because Shane Beamer had it humming there for a while. And um in year number three, it was it was not good. You look at that cycle of coaches that were hired that year, Shane Beamer down your this year, Hypo continues to go up. I mean, sure, he had a 
compared to 2022, he had two lo- two losses, you know, less, but or two more losses. Sorry, I got to spit it out. Two more losses, but I wouldn't consider Tennessee crumbling by any stretch of the imagination. No. Billy Napier was hired the year after Josh Heupel, and he's already kind of going downhill. So, no, he won't. Were they hired in the same cycle? No, they were hired. Uh, yeah. No, because Mullen and Heupel faced off against each other. Yep, that one year in 2021. Yep. Anyway, uh, those are the four. Am I missing anybody else? I think that's really the only four that should be on the hot seat right now. Beamer, Lee, Pittman, I mean, and uh, Napier. Do you want to talk about Venables out there in Norman? Maybe? I don't think so. I don't think so. He probably built him some equity this past year and having Dylan Gabriel go crazy and also beating Texas, a team that made the playoff. Yeah. Maybe that helps. Um, I I will say this though. Um, with Nick Saban no longer being at Alabama, or presumably, um I I I'm curious to see if the expectation level of these ADs and these boosters kind of come down a little bit because Nick Saban, he wins every single year. He shouldn't win every single year just because he broke the SEC, but he did. I wonder if that tempers expectations for some of these coaches down the line. Let's see on the flip side of that is we, we got to hit our break here, but on the flip side of that 12 team college football playoff, this is true. This is true for a national championship. So I think that would at least even that thought process out because you have more chances to win a national championship. All right, uh, when we come back, a couple questions. We're gonna... I just took myself off camera. When we well, come back, a couple more questions we're going to get into uh, here to end our Thursday show. Some burning questions entering the SEC play in 2024. That's coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is friendly, super easy to use, safe, secure, and you can have a blast doing it. On the app, you can check out those live same game parlays. You can find new bets in the explore tab, plus make parlays in the parlay hub. The best way to find popular parlays, spreads, totals, prop bets, and more. Put some coin in your pocket this NFL playoff season over at FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. That is FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. All right. A final segment left here. Just got a couple minutes. We went a little overboard there in that last segment. Um, Pulling this story up here from Saturday down south. All right. Uh, Connor O'Gara, 10 way too early SEC questions for 2024. Not going to go over all of them. I encourage you to go check out that work over at Saturday Down South, but a couple that I want to bring to the table. Will the Heisman Trophy be won by an SEC quarterback or the field? Uh, you look at the the odds that are already out there right now. Mind you, Nico Yamaliava, the fifth best odds to win the Heisman right now. Uh, that is crazy at plus 1,500. Quinn Ewers at Texas, SEC. Carson Beck, SEC. Jalen Milrow, SEC. Those are the top three. Dylan Gabriel would have been in the SEC, but he's at Oregon. He's number four. Will Howard's five. Nico's at six. Excuse me. Nico's at six. Jackson Arnold is at seven, SEC. Connor Wagman is at eight, SEC. Garrett Nussmeyer is at ninth, SEC. And Jackson Dart is at 14th from the SEC. Others to consider if J.J. McCarthy comes back, he'd be in this conversation. Um... It's not going to be that guy. 
I mean, there, there's not a, there's not a whole lot else out there to be completely honest with you. It's really not. I would take an SEC quarterback to win the Heisman this year easily over the field, wouldn't you? Would you really? I would. The field, I think, and you know, there's a possibility of another quarterback just you know breaking out. True, maybe, but you like know, May, whoever has like, USC, no, sure, you know, whoever USC likes to throw in there at quarterback, maybe. I don't think it's going to be uh, Noah Fafita over at Arizona. Yeah, I don't either. Don't think it's going to be JJ McCarthy by no stretch of the imagination. I don't know if that guy's good or not. I I still don't. He won a national title. I still don't know if the guy's good or not. I'm the same way. I don't think he's very good but he's got a first round grade right yeah, now like which why is, is the dude even entertaining coming back you need to go yeah i don't know and by the time this recording comes out <laughs> he probably have already declared yeah this is true, yeah, this is true. Remember, i'm out of the um, country right now i will take the field and i'm gonna do you one better i'm gonna name the heisman trophy winner for 2024 now okay dylan gabriel is gonna win the heisman trophy that's fair that that if you're taking the field that's a good one to start with Obviously, now I think that there may be something changed there. If you know, we see a particular coach up there in Eugene potentially head south to Tuscaloosa, maybe that's something, but just knowing what we know right now, I'll take Dylan Gabriel. And again, recording this last week out of the country right now, Alabama might already have its next head coach right now. And so, um, again, breaking news, we'll get to it uh, next week when I get back in the country. I will take one of Urs Beck Milrow. I'll take one dart. I'll take one yeah, of those. Dart's four. the guy. Yeah, dart. I'll take one of those four. Yeah, um, I think that's probably fair. You know, Ewers is up there. Beck, he's yeah. going to put up a whole bunch of stats with, with all those horses. He has the ball, uh, but Jackson Dart's probably that you know third or fourth one to me. Will Trevor Etienne become the na- next great Georgia back after crossing enemy lines? I mean, the answer is yes, right? Georgia just churns out great NFL running backs. ETN, you've already said he was the better back on the roster for Florida. Really good player. Going to be running behind a better offensive line. Um, I don't know if he'll have the biggest effect like uh, what's-his-face going from uh, Georgia Tech to Alabama, but ETN's going to ball in Georgia. So, like, I, I feel like, yes, ETN's going to be one of those next – Georgia running backs that gets drafted and you see playing on Sundays for the next couple of years. I mean, yeah, you know, Trevor Etienne, he, he is a stud. He is like his brother. He is a stud. Um, yeah. Has some things to improve on as well. You know, I challenge people to go, you know, watch him, you know, protect, you know, a passer. It's not particularly great. Uh, but, I mean, he's just that next running back at Georgia. And I think we're starting to see, hey, running backs are replaceable. He's just the next guy in Athens that's going to rush for over 1,000 yards. He's going to be a stud next year. Last one I want to bring to the table. Again, 10 questions ahead of the 2024 season. Uh, some early offseason questions over to Saturday Down South. Go read the go read the entire article. But I want to ask you this one. I think it's really interesting. Will DJ Lagway get a chance to be the guy in a pivotal year for Billy Napier? And I think this is really good phrasing on the question. Billy Napier is coaching for his life. Yes, Graham Mertz had the best year he's ever had in the SEC last year. You're confident in Graham Mertz. You lose a couple of games, though, which Florida's going to. Napier's coaching for his life. Do you turn it over to Florida's version of the chosen one and say, hey, I did everything I could to save my job. I did everything I could to turn this thing around. Maybe it's not me. It's just my players I got to recruit. How would you answer that? I think that DJ Lagway was the guy Billy Napier brought in to save his job. Graham Mertz is going to be the starting quarterback in Gainesville game one against Miami. It's just a fact. 
if it comes to the point where Graham Mertz is playing okay, but Florida's not winning, if I'm Billy Napier, I have to let the franchise quarterback play who I brought in to save my job. So I don't know if he's going to be, you know, quote unquote, the guy going into October. I would say around late October, early November, if Florida's struggling and Graham Mertz is just, you know, kind of what he was this past year, which, you know, wasn't great, put up some great stats, didn't throw a whole bunch of interceptions at all. But at what point, if you're sitting there and you're Florida and you're, you know, four and five going into November, you probably roll the franchise quarterback out there and see if you have gold. I kind of equate this to Tennessee this year, but I mean, like Tennessee, Hypo, number one, was not coaching for his job. Number two, Tennessee never had a losing record. Tennessee was not ever severely struggling on the season. Um, but like Joe Milton at points in times, it was just okay. Some limitations there, you know, and and you got this this five-star number one overall player in the country just sitting there. But again, the difference is Tennessee was never desperate ever. Billy Napier will be desperate. So I think I'm, I'm with you. I think that is something we see in 2024 is Napier is uh, is coaching for his job. Uh, going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a wild offseason already of uh, some fireworks, transfer portal-wise, coaching-wise, with Nick Saban's new la- la- news last week. I can't uh, that get was over huge. that, man. I know. It's, it, it's wild. Um, this is normally when we say goodbye, say tell us where we can follow your work, but nobody cares about your work anymore. Yes, this is industry. true. Isn't it great? I can say whatever I want. I don't care anymore. What do you, what do you bring to the table Just on kidding, Twitter never these did. days? Do what? What do you bring to the table on Twitter's these Twitter these days? Oh, nothing. Not literally nothing at all. <laughs> Dude, I work in 8 to 5. I don't have time to be on uh X or Twitter these days. I don't have time. That's fair. I might tweet Twitter handle every once in a while. His X handle is LoganWard98 if you do want to give him a follow. Um he he will be drunkenly tweeting about college football. Yes, that's right. Uh, Throughout the offseason and on Saturday's next football season, that's for sure. Logan, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, dude. Hey, anytime. Hey, don't miss the business, but miss hanging out with you doing this. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I wish I could say the same thing about <laughs> you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Appreciate Logan for stepping in here today and doing our Thursday show. Uh, Going to talk with uh, hopefully Ryan Shumpert on tomorrow's show. Talk about Tennessee hoops, Tennessee baseball, of course, Tennessee football. Uh, again, pre-recording these shows, so if anything big happens, we'll hit it on next week's shows. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. This is Locked on Balls.